In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. So yeah, like Dahmer and I said at the end, uh, the best way to watch this year, I mean, if you have NBC Sports on your cable or satellite package, all 17 races will be broadcast there. Uh, 16 of them on a Saturday night. The Phoenix round will be on Sunday afternoon. Um, But if you don't want to wait, you want to see all the action by the Gold Pass, it's going to be your easiest ticket to see qualifying in race day live with Daniel Blair and Jim Hawley. And then you get to see full replays and on-demand streaming of all the races as they run. So yeah, thanks for listening. Check it out. Uh, Keep coming to the website over these next few days because we have so much preseason content to come. And then starting next Thursday, we'll be at Angel Stadium just clicking away. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. All right, so hey, uh, Anaheim 1's just over a week away if you're listening to this right now. So I decided while Don's in Japan to give you a call and we could talk about 250 class for Anaheim 1 and 450 class because there's so much going on. Uh, We're not going to do like a gnarly in-depth preview. We've just picked a couple talking points that have been a buzz this offseason, and then next week we'll get way, way in-depth before the race starts. So let's just start it off with the 250 West Coast. We picked handful of guys to talk about, and I think the first one we have to is the defending champion, Dylan Ferrandez. Heavy favorite, has been ripping with David Villeman, really nose of the grindstone all through the offseason in Southern California, and with the 1W plate on his Monster Energy star racing Yamaha bike, he has to be the heavy favorite for next year. Would you say so, Dahmer? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, we've seen him already at the local tracks here. I mean, he's on fire, you know, so, and obviously winning the way he did, I mean, the guy's definitely going to come back to try and, uh, you know, set a set a standard that he's, you know, he deserves to be the champion guy. But I think he's got, I think he's got a lot of stiff competition. The West Coast is stacked. I mean, I think he's even got stiff competition with his own teammate. Mm-hmm. I think the big thing for Dylan right now is this is probably it. This will be his last 250 year. Next year will be on a 450 and 21. So this is important that he knocks down another championship if possible does as well as he can in the Nationals, probably win that championship depending on how this year goes. With him being the second-place guy last year and AC being out of the class, he is automatically next in line for that one. Um, Complete his 250 career pretty well and then move on to the 450, but I honestly wouldn't be – there would be zero surprise to see him win Anaheim 1 just with how confident and how quick he is right now. Yeah, I can't wait to see him next year on a 450. I think he's going to do some damage on a 450 next year. I mean, the guy's <clears throat> the guy's style and he's his technique and everything. He's got it down. Obviously, with Volman a part of his team, he's going to be he's going to be a threat in the 450. I mean, the guy's I love watching the guy ride. He just attacks. He's smooth. He doesn't make many mistakes. Um, it's going to be awesome. But uh, yeah, he's definitely the favorite going into Anaheim one, and I don't see why he couldn't pull off the win. You know, as long as, as long as you know he stays out of trouble and gets the starts, which I mean, in the past he hasn't been the greatest starter, but we'll see. I think the big thing with Villeman that you have to watch their program and know how regimented it is. But DV knows the science of being a rider. He knows all the technique stuff, all the coaching. I mean, that's a perfect combination between those two. That's the uh, like perfect offset to Nick Way and Adam Censorillo. You know, French guys together, similar personalities, just want to get the work done and do everything they can. 
Uh, so moving on from that, like you said, he's going to have stiff competition in his teammate. And from the looks of things, it would be Shane McElrath that'll be his rival for the 250 West Coast title. Uh, Shane's won multiple 250 West Coast races in the past, but last year wasn't that great. Really could never come to terms with the KTM 450 setup at Troy Lee Designs. Uh, had a back injury and then pulled the plug there towards the end of the season. Um, but new team, new bike. The YZ250F that Star Racing has is by far one of the most powerful bikes ever of a 250 class. Uh, I think McElrath could be one of those guys that really makes it interesting within that dynamic of can he finally claim that title? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously had a string of some unfortunate, whether it's bike stuff or obviously with him, I think it's been more injuries the last couple years. I mean, we've seen him win races. We definitely know he can do it. Um, now being with the new team, obviously from what we've heard inside, he's loves the bike. He loves the team. He's going faster than ever. He's stronger than ever. Um, he, he could be a major threat. I mean, as long as he can stay healthy and, and, and put it all together, I think McAlrath could be one of the guys really in contention for this West coast title. Mm-hmm. The big thing that star racing does, uh, if you follow the sport, you know, this pretty well. If you're part of that team, you have to live in Southern California. You have to be a part of the program. Villeman and Ferrandez have their own thing off to the side, but it's pretty close to the deal. Uh, McElrath, though, trains under Gareth Swanepoel. He's with that crew all the time, so he's very much been focused on West Coast this whole time. I don't, I don't see anything changing too much between now and then. It seems like he's really sunk into that deal well, and he's won Anaheim one before. It's not like he's one of those guys that takes a while to figure out what's going on. Like he's won those West Coast races and and had a head of steam right off right off the bat in early January. Yeah, this isn't going to be anything new for him. He's going to come in there ready to go, not not with the the A1 jitters, if you will, of, of, of oh, I got to just survive. He, he's, he knows the drill. He, he knows what he's got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, honestly, between those two, I would say that the Anaheim 1 winner comes either from Ferrandis or McElrath uh, just because they've been there before and they're the most experienced and, and the most race wins of anybody in this group right now. Which leads us to Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Uh, historically, Mitch Payton has never announced who his two riders are for each coast until pretty much the day of the race, like that week of. Uh, so right now, we are not really sure if it's Austin Forkner, Jordan Smith, Cameron McAdoo, or Garrett Marchbanks, where they're going to go. Uh, from what I've heard, I would expect Forkner to be on the West Coast, even though he had that time off in the offseason due to that arm injury. And I would think probably... McAdoo would be the other 250 West Coast guy just to give Smith some more time to get adapted and then Marchbanks too. But hell, I could be wrong. Marchbanks is a West Coast guy, so it could be him and Forkner. Uh, who knows? Like Cowie has shot all of their promo stuff, like their preseason photos. They did all of the 250 guys together in a different pairing. So whoever goes together, they have options. Uh, Forkner really out for redemption after missing that 250 East Coast title last year with his uh, knee injury he suffered in Nashville and then made worse in New Jersey. Uh, And, I mean, we know how that kid is. He runs on, like, piss and vinegar and wants to really make it a point. And I think he has a lot to make up for after last season. What do you think, Don? Yeah, I mean, 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 we... We can't deny that kid's got some speed. I mean, we've seen it last year before he really started, you know, kind of unraveled for him toward the end of the year when he started getting hurt. But even then, I mean, he was every, I think he crashed pretty much every practice session of every Every race he did. I mean, it was literally, I remember watching, like, couldn't wait to like, oh, I got to watch practice because, you know, Forkner is going to just have an amazing get off today, you know, and somehow he would just bounce back like Gumby, but apparently it obviously caught up with him, but we know that the guy's got, Huge speed. He charges. He's going to go for it. 
I mean, I, I hope that somebody's telling him, hey, calm down. You know, as we know, you can, you know, it's not one here, it's, but it can be lost there. So you, you got to You got to survive for the whole time. You know, and he's he's obviously he hasn't been able to do that. And he's learned that in the past, that first year he raced Anaheim one, just massive cartwheel in the whoops last year. The big thing for last year, like you said, crashed all the time in practice. And so he would find where his edge was. Not so many big mistakes in the races, but the parts bill at Pro Circuit went through the roof uh, during all those practice sessions. I remember he went off the track, I think it was Detroit, and just you could watch Titanium Sparks like fly off the pegs when he went across the concrete. Um, I, I personally think like if he's found where the limit is and backed it down 5 or 10%, you know, Trey Kennard style, he could be the guy. Uh, but he has to back it down and be clear of all those issues, which he historically hasn't proven that he can yet. So this will be a big learning year for him to see, has he found the maturity of making it a whole 250 Supercross season, not even the outdoors yet? Yeah, and I, you know, and I, I would really like to see McAdoo, or Mikado, as Don calls him, mm-hmm. um, be the second guy on the West Coast. I think, uh, I, I, I mean, that guy's been down i mean let's face it going to that nationally he didn't have a ride to getting hooked up now he's on a full i mean that guy has climbed back out of the cellar to 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 do what he's doing and get this ride i mean i think he's got a little something to prove that he deserves to be there and he's one of the guys that's you know in contention for this west coast title not just you know back up to forkner you know so i would really like to see mcadoo do something either podium or pull i mean he could be that guy that pulls off the anaheim one win you know so yeah, we'll, we'll see. For a guy that, you know, ended last Supercross season on the podium in Vegas in that wild, you know, showdown race, this could be a big thing. You got to learn to walk, like crawl before you walk, before you run. So that first podium could be the thing. Click off another podium here early on and then build as the season goes on. Um, hey, a, a guy I didn't send in that list to you, uh, Dahmer, but we definitely have to make mention of is Michael Mosman. I uh, did that podcast with him last week that I know you listened to. And if you look at his results from last year, he built as the season went on. You know, he's he's learned how to back it down from Supercross after some sketchy moments. He's a guy that doesn't ride gnarly over his head or anything like that. Just, you know, rookie young guy mistakes. Um, and with his results through last year, I really expect him to be a podium guy week in and week out next year with that Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team. What do you think? Yeah, and he's and he's and he's now got, you know, a year under that team. You know, he's not coming into a new team. He's familiar with the bike. You know, I'm, I'm sure he's r- even more prepared than he was last year. So he he, the, he could be a real sleeper in this whole thing also. Mm-hmm. He's been under the Alden Baker program. So if you guys have been watching, you know, the social media thing or, or whatever pretty closely, because this offseason, everybody's been pretty transparent, but it's not been this crazy overwhelm of constant clips and things like that. Just if you know what to watch, you, you see it. Uh, him... Zach Osborne, Cooper Webb, and uh, R.J. Hampshire have really put the work in together down in Florida. But because Michael's a West Coast guy, he wanted to do the West Coast, and I think this will be a good thing for him because he's so familiar with these tracks and and the circuit already. Uh, Which leads us to the Troy Lee Designs Red Bull KTM team. Um, Completely new lineup over there this year, which is headed by Brandon Hartraft, a new addition. He's technically the leader, even though, you know, he's only had two Supercross seasons to his credit before and has never raced the KTM except for a straight rhythm. Uh, but this could be a breakthrough for him. He built through last season, and I think podium finishes are to be expected. Uh, he has his eye on race wins, but he's got to get a podium before we get to there. Right, Dahmer? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. 
excited to see Hartraff. He's, he, I mean, he he had some moments last year when he was on the um, was he on cycle cycle road yeah, or cycle uh, road trader, cycle trader Yamaha team, and he showed some time. And I'm like, and I was, it was almost he was well, he was that guy that you're like, you know, if this guy got given a chance or a little better equipment or something, he could probably pull something off and do something. This is his shot. This is his chance to to come out. And I mean, we saw some glimpses of his at straight rhythm. I, I I'm I'm rooting for Hart Raff. I I really like to see this kid, you know, mix it up with the top guys and be a major threat for that team and and do good this year on the West Coast. The big thing with him, you know, we always joke about, yeah, this guy's a workhorse, this guy's this, whatever. That dude is a workhorse. Like he is eats, sleeps, and breathes motocross. Like this is all he knows. And uh there from everybody that I've talked to, there are a few people that work harder than he does right now. So could be a big, big surprise. Um, and Troy Lee Designs KTM needs that right now. Uh, this is a rebuilding year for that group. Uh, they really, really have to get to the level of what KTM's other expectations are around the world. You look at, you know, defending Supercross champions, uh, 250 title over in Europe last year. The Supercross team over here is not really delivered to the same level, and they're starting to get some heat from Europe of like, hey, it's, it's time to put this together. Um, which with that said, Hart Raff will be the guy to watch for on the West coast. Uh, Geico Honda right now, again, it's not really hundred percent clear who's going to race. Uh, Jet Lawrence is one of them, Christian Craig, and there's been, uh, some other, you know, discussion as to who, um, Christian is the guy that everybody wants to talk about just because now that his court case is cleared and he's allowed to ride after that settlement with the FIM, um, dark horse contender. I think that Christian could be should be a podium guy all the time and on the right night could win races because he has been right there in the past. It's just been a rocky past few years. Yeah, I mean, Christian, we can't deny his his talent and what he can do on a bike. I mean, you watch the guy ride, it's poetry in motion, you know. Um, I think, obviously, he trains like a beast, too. I think Christian's problem has been in the past his mental side of it. You know he's he's got to he's got to know that he is the guy and he belongs there and he this is his title to take. Um, Jet Lawrence, I'm really excited to see Jet Lawrence. I'm a little scared to see Jet Lawrence. I think Jet's going to come out literally like launched out of a jet and going for it. I really hope he doesn't you know throw it all away. I mean he he's another guy that that I think is hungry and and wants to prove. You know he's always been in the shadows of his brother. You know. Um, I, I, but I think this is his time to shine and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm the guy I belong here and I'm ready to put some damage. I mean, he could be the guy that comes in out of nowhere. No one expected. And he ends up being the West coast champ guy, just like that first time guy. I mean, we've seen it before, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm excited to see him, but yeah, the Geico team with Christian and him, that that's a pretty good attack on the West coast. Uh, watching jet down in Australia a few weeks ago, you know, that was his first real supercross race in the 250 class and he's good. He's really good. But with any rookie there's going to be some issues. He's not going to come in and light the world on fire. This isn't going to be, you know, James Stewart 2002 where he's expected to come in and just clean house. He's going to learn a lot over these first few races. Um, and he's going to find where the limit is too. And he's going to find out that, yeah, he's got that personality and he's brash and he really wants to ride. But just like we saw in those last three nationals last year, it's not going to be as easy as he thought it was. No, no. And I think he even got a little taste of that down in Australia too. You know, he, he was up in there and then before he kind of, I think he kind of faded a little bit at the end. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully he, hopefully they have told him, Hey, you know, we don't expect you to come in and leave a one with the, with the win and be leading this thing, but you know, learn from it, you know, enjoy the day, enjoy the process of the whole thing. I mean, as you know, a one, 
I mean, it's so overwhelming from the press thing. I mean, on Friday, I mean, the whole the whole tour of it, the whole process of it is is pretty overwhelming for some of these younger guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big thing, too, which has always been interesting about the West Coast, there are so many privateer guys out there that could make an impact, make a difference, and just have that little bit of flash. Um, this is going to be a stacked one to make that 22-rider cut for that main event. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think what, what could happen is, There'll be a lot of those factory back guys, you know, the guys that we expect to be there will make those spots, but there could always be one of those chances where just a bad night, you know, bad start in the heat race. And then another issue in the LCQ, if you have to go through, it could really keep you from being in the hunt for the title or for, you know, a career best finish right off the bat. And then you're left rebuilding the rest of the season. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and we'll knock out the 450 class and then go on from there. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana Team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Frandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 60 ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info. Hey, it's Bo Han, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. So, welcome back. Thanks for listening to the commercials. Uh, we're going to get straight into it with the 450 class. Uh, Dahmer, I think that you'll agree with me on this. Cooper Webb being the defending champion, he has to be considered the favorite, but almost like Jason Anderson last year, people have already written him off and don't expect him to do the same thing again. All of the expectations are on Eli Tomac to finally clinch the title. 
Yeah, I mean, it, like you said, like last year, and even last year, I mean, I don't think anyone they'd be lying to you if they said, oh, Cooper Webb's going to be the guy this year, new by KTM, he's ready. He's, I don't even think Cooper Webb believed it, you know? So that was a shocker. But I I think a guy like Jason Anderson is definitely looking to come back and, and go, hey, I'm, I'm the defending champ, I'm the guy. Yes, is this a time for Tomac to finally win some super, a Supercross title? I mean, he has to. I mean, I think the Cowie people internally are like, this is it, dude. You've got to make this happen now, you know? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Obviously, we can't count out Webb. He is the defending title. And there's another guy. There's another guy that we, we've talked about ourselves just the other day about how he's been kind of under the radar, you know, down there doing his training, doing his deal. You haven't seen – I just saw a couple little clips recently of him, but, like, he's been, he's been really under the radar down doing his work and, and, and coming into A1. You know, we, he and I at the KTM Media Day back in October did like a quick podcast with him and we were talking and you can tell that, you know, he's been in this position before. He won all those championships in the 250 class. So it's not like it's a foreign thing to him that he's overwhelmed by the expectations or the, ex, you know, whatever, the duties of the job with extra interviews or media obligations or, or whatever it is. Um, but I said like, hey, you know, Jason Anderson got, a little bit caught up in being the the star of the show for those first few races, you know, getting that championship ring in Anaheim one and everything else that went, went with it. And I asked him, are you going to, have you noticed that? And are you going to do things to avoid that? And pretty much he's like, yeah, some people can handle the pressure and other people can, and I'm one of the guys that can. So he's got that, like, I'm here to do the job. Nothing's going to rattle me kind of work uh, outlook. And I think that that's going to help him a lot being coming into this, a lot of unknowns. He just has to come back and prove, like, did you doubt me again? Because I will show you again how good I am. Yeah, he and 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 I under that under that team, you know, they, I'm sure they're, you know, the old saying, the old saying that always happens. You know, you you can you can you can't win the title at A one, but you can definitely lose it at A one. They're going to be in there for the long haul. You know, they're they're going to they're not going. They're like, hey, dude, get through this race clean. Don't get caught up in any hoopla. And we've seen them get caught up in some uh, in some things in the past with other riders. You know where where it's been uh, costly for him. So you know I, I think he's kind of past that now, and and I think he's just gonna, you know, it's a long series, and and I think he's gonna, you know, now that he's the champ, he knows what it takes. He'll 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 be there. Yeah, um, he's done a lot of the stuff this year. I mean, this off season is busy when you are a champion. Uh, he had to go over to Europe and do the FIM gala a few weeks ago, so that is a break in your testing, but maybe that little break before everything gets hectic in Anaheim one is what a rider needs just to refresh. Um, going on from there, he is the only guy under the Red Bull KTM tent this season. Uh, the team has said that they're not going to field the second rider in place of Marvin Muskan, which some people are surprised by. Dominic, you and I really aren't. Um, there was all that, you know, hope that Chad Reed would get it, but it's hard to replace a guy like Marvin, you know, championship contender, won races last year, has been in the mix, all of these things. You're not just going to go pluck somebody out of who's available and expect them to do the same. Yeah, and I, I mean that was a bummer for Marvin. I mean, as we know, he's you know he's he's probably more on the backside of his career. You know, his his yeah. times to to to. I mean, I'm sure he came here with his goal is to win the Supercross 450 title, and now you know here's another missed opportunity, another year gone. So you know, his his window to do it is, is clearly shrinking. Yeah, from every instance that I've heard over these last few months, this is probably the last champion or the last contract of his career. 
So if he's going to do this, it's going to come in these next few seasons, if it ever happens at all. Uh, he could go down like Kevin Windham and be one of the most talented guys with the most wins that has never won a 450 title. Yeah, that would be unfortunate. I mean, like I said, he's we know he can do it. He's been right there. I mean, what, has he finished second the last two years? Mm-hmm. You know, so he, he's, he's more than capable of doing it. Like I said, just an unfortunate thing that comes with, you know, the sport. I mean, we've seen, as you know, we've always, you know, this time of the year is from basically from it seems like thanks you know thanksgiving time to now we you know you just kind of cross your fingers daily to hope that you know we don't hear who's who else got hurt who else got hurt today you know it's just it's part of it Mm -hmm. uh going on from there we'll go right to jason anderson like we said complete unknown missed most of last year anaheim one was a forgettable ride just struggled in the mud and all the stuff that happens when you're the defending champion and you get show ponied around but He's really regrouped uh, with that time away. He he took advantage of being on the sidelines for so long, really reappreciated why he was doing everything, uh, got to kick back, did some partying, things like that through the Supercross season last year, came back through the Nationals, and every time that I was at the races last summer, I was impressed by Jason's uh, growth because he's never been considered an outdoor guy, but then he was in the podium fairly often. You know, We were always waiting for that first moto win did the Europe thing for donations and then did New Zealand and Australia. And he is ripping right now. Uh, the thing that I, my biggest takeaway in Australia was if the track is hard packed, Jason is completely comfortable and knows what that bike's going to do no matter what. So if he's that comfortable and slick unpredictable conditions, he should be very good when the track gets, you know, kind of choppy and technical and rough and rutted when it's not going to break away from you. Yeah. And I, I think Anderson's going to be that guy, that, uh, the, the kind of, you know, he'll consist, I think he's going to be that consistent guy. You know, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to knock off four five, six wins. You know, he'll get a couple wins, but I think he's going to guy that's going to be there weekend and week out waiting for his other, his, his competition to make their mistakes. You know, uh, like I said, he, he didn't the same thing. I think he, he's been the off, the off season races. We've seen it. We're like, man, Jason Anderson is on fire. So, and we've seen some stuff from him riding at the, at the local tracks here, He's he's just on rail, so you know he he he'll be in a part of it for sure. Did you watch that last Team Fried video that they just put out? Uh, the one like right before, like part of it's with Jason in California, and then it's Tom down in Florida. No, I don't think so. Okay, we'll give that a watch. But when you do, um, Jason jokes. He's like, "Yeah, as soon as I get over the triple at the Husky Test Track out in Murrieta, he's like, I'm gonna start my my big moto and." They kind of thought he was joking, and he got right into it. Like, Jason knows what to do. There's been a lot of questioning on, you know, how committed is he really with the Team Fry thing and just how his personality is because he makes it act like there's no big deal anytime. But I think after getting so wrapped up in all the expectations for last year, this is like a coping mechanism. Like, if I make this thing as much fun as possible, then there is no pressure on me. Yeah, and I think, and I mean, he's clearly one of, you know, everyone has their their way of doing things. He's... He's clearly not an Eli Tomac, you know, so he's definitely one of those guys. He likes to have his crew around and, and, and keep it light around in the pits and have a good time. But he, but when it's, when he, when it's time to strap on the helmet and put on the goggles, Jason Anderson is arguably one of the fastest guys on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would really be, um, I think he might actually take Marvin's place this year with the race wins. With Marvin not being there, I expect Jason to win those races that we would expect Marvin to, like kind of make up for that lost margin um, and be in it. Uh, He's in this weird part of his career too where he's going to race the full tour for a few more years and then 
eventually he is going to be a Supercross only guy. That's his big outlook on racing. Uh, from there, we go to Team Honda HRC, which will be headed up by Ken Roxon once again. He said all through last year after the San Diego Supercross with the Lyme incident and then Dallas and all these things that happened, um, getting sick, having his uh, training coach um, and brother-in-law Blake Savage get seriously injured early in the season, everything that went on with this. It's, it's actually pretty amazing that Kenny went through all of 2019 and just didn't say, like, this is too much, I got to pull the plug. But as we get to this point in the year, he's already stated, like, hey, we kind of know what my illness is, but we don't have it all the way cleared up, and he's never said exactly what it is. So I think, once again, just like last summer, this is going to be that thing that's going to hang over his head for quite a while until we get a definitive answer of, has he beaten this? Does he know what it is? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Could it be a crutch to lean on? I don't know. You know, I, I know the, from watching Roxon and, and his crew and his and his team, what they're doing there, He's going to come here, and he, he, I think he knows I, this is my time to be the guy at Honda and make this happen finally. Um, again, do I think he's going to be cranking off wins then dominate? Probably not. I mean, I know we've talked about this before. I mean, I don't think, I don't think we're going to have one guy dominate this thing. I think we're going to have five or six different multiple winners in the first six or seven rounds. Mm-hmm, you know, I, uh, I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. Um, it, but I think Roxon Roxon will be the guy. I mean, like I said, another guy. He's 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 kind of a veteran now. You know, he he know he knows not to come in a one and just try and lay it out and send it and and end up on the ground. You know, he he knows that. Hey, I I got to be in this for the long haul. You know, we we've, we've talked about that that there hasn't been one dominant guy in recent history ever since the Villapoto Dungey era ended. But I mean, if you backtrack to twenty was twenty eighteen when Ken got hurt, he was going to be that guy. You know, he was going to be, or it was 2017, whatever year it was. Well, you know, you know what we're talking about. Uh, Won those first two races and was going to win the third one going away and then has that arm injury. I mean, Ken was really poised to be the next dominant rider in the sport and all of that got taken away. Yeah, and I think he can still be that. I think he's clearly, I mean, I don't know if anybody's mentally, is more mentally strong than this guy. I mean, he, he, he's been through it and come back from it all. And I don't know much that can bring this guy down. So he, he's going to be strong. And you know what, too? I mean, I just want to throw him in mean, his teammate. I think we're, I think even Justin Brayton, you know, what he's done in the off seasons and obviously winning Daytona last year, clearly one of the better supercross riders in the world is Justin Brayton. I mean, I, I would like to see Brayton, you know, continue that, you know, that, that, uh, that momentum that he's had from the off season and Daytona. I mean, I mean, obviously Honda saw something like, Hey, we got to get, keep this guy on here. So, I wouldn't even count out Brayton being a part up here of one of the front runners of these races. Not at all. Yeah, he should be top five guy more often than not. And the big thing with Brayton, I went to that Montreal Supercross, which was his first race. That was in September. So his first race since May. Um, and it was not great. By Brayton's standards for an offseason event, was not that good. You know, he got um, kind of caught up in some things and didn't win. Dean Wilson won that one. But then I saw Justin, or yeah, just saw Justin a few weeks ago down in Australia, and he is ripping. So he's really built and ramped his program up to be in prime shape come the start of the new season. The only backside to that is, does that tend to make him burn out later in the year? Like, do we get to April, May and be like, okay, is he starting to feel the effects of racing all this time? But he had all of this time on that factory bike, 
you know, pretty much since September to now. So he knows what that thing's going to do. Very smart rider, knows what is expected. Been in this for so long that he's not caught off guard by what happens. You know, the last time he was at Honda, he was a podium guy with a broken leg. Right. Yeah. So don't sleep on Brayton as these next few weeks uh, take place. With that, we'll jump to Monster Energy Yamaha. Um, Justin Barsha, I think everybody forgets that he won Anaheim 1 last year uh, just because of the way things went, but he's been going good. Um, Lots of staffing changes at Yamaha. Travis Preston is now a pretty influential part of the testing process on the YZ450F. And from, you know, when I talked to Barsha in Paris, he wants a stock bike. He doesn't want this gnarly power plant. He just wants something that he can actually override uh, the way he used to ride that Geico Honda 250 and make it work. Um, And he did that in Paris. You know, he was consistent. He hasn't really been the aggressive Barsha of, you know, historic past where he's just cleaning guys out left and right. He's kind of shed that persona. But he'll put some passes in when he needs to, and this is an important year for him. Um, He needs to be in the top three of the championship to automatically earn a contract extension with Yamaha. Um, So even if he doesn't get a top three, though, he wants to do well enough to earn a new ride somewhere in the paddock. He doesn't want to retire. When he left JGR a few years ago, it seemed like it was pretty much over, but right now, Barsha has a new lease on his career. Yeah, I mean, mean, another guy that that we saw... Before he got the Yamaha thing, I mean, was coming in on a privateer Honda, didn't have a ride, was going to try and do it on his own dime, got the opportunity. I think I think maybe that that was a wake up to him. I mean, this kid came from, you know, being a factory star since he was a kid. I mean, he 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 was, you know, the next up and coming guy that was going to do it all. And then obviously a slew of injuries and things that have happened to him um, didn't really pan out, you know, and then got in the 450s and was just kind of the kind of the top 10 guy, you know, won some races here and there. But uh, I think I think he's obviously another guy on the backside of it, more mature, you know, got the wife now, and we've got more of a set, stable family, you know, doing his thing. So, and I mean, come on, we, we know he's got the speed. We know he can he can pull it out when he needs to. Another guy, he gets a start and is up there. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Barsha got up front and won A1 again. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, and the big thing with him right now is, too, he, he's happy. Like you said, he has his wife there. Amber is cool. Um, I've known, I was there, you know, like when they met, and I've seen how he's really mellowed out these last few years. He's not the goofball, like, wild child that he used to be in every way, shape, and form. He's really figured out, like, how to mature and, and what to do. Um, and with that said, the people at Yamaha listening to him now, he didn't want this gnarly fast bike. They had him race that bike at Monster Cup. He was super unhappy rode a stock bike in Paris, you know, people keep saying like, oh, it's not a stock bike. No, dude, that's from everybody, from what we've heard, that is a really, really stock bike that he wants to ride. Um, And I think if he's in a happy environment with a team that listens to him and a good just building group around him, should be no problem. It's not like he has radical changes every year, new trainer, new sponsors, new bike. It's all pretty much the same year in and year out. Yeah, and I think, and speaking of that team, you know, I mean, I mean, we got it. We got to mention too his teammate Aaron Plessinger. You know, I think you know, obviously Plessinger, very fun-loving guy, likes to have a good time. You know, keeps it light. I think that team together with him and Barsha, they have a good uh, a good rapport there. And and again, Plessinger, another guy that I think we, I mean, we all we all before he was on the lights were like, oh, when he gets on a four fifty, he's going to be gnarly, right? Because he's a bigger guy. He's he, he needs to get off that two. He clearly was struggling on the two fifties. But clearly got hurt coming back. But he seems to he seems to have been on the right path now on the 450. 
I, I, I would like to see Plessinger surprise some people and, and get up there and be part of the fight. Plessinger is totally in that um, that rut that Cooper Webb was in just a few years ago before he got on KTM. You know, really, it's not that he struggled so bad last year because he did start to make progress. Like his season best finish was at Atlanta, and then a week later he has that big heel injury in Daytona, and that's really the first big injury of Aaron's career. Because even if you look at his 250 career, he would ride hurt. You know, he crashed his brains out in Seattle and then was right back in it a week later. So it's not like he's one of those guys that's super fragile. That's his first major setback in a long, long time. Um, he's an Indiana boy, Anton. They don't. They bounce right back. Ohio, Ohio, Same Ohio. Pack. Yeah, Rust Belt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, going on from that. We have to talk about Adam Cincerillo. You know, incoming rookie, um, wins Monster Energy Cup, highly touted guy, but if you listen to the podcast that he and I did earlier this week, he does not think that he's going to come in and just take the sport over. He knows that there has to be modest expectations to get through all 17 rounds. That's a challenge in itself as a rookie, being that he's never done this many races in a season. Uh, He also needs to figure out, like, where his rank is in the sport. It's not going to be come in and just dominate the way we all expected him to, you know, maybe five years ago. Uh, and his interview with me earlier this week was pretty telling. The biggest thing was, you know, yes, he's been Cowie's kid ever since he was on 65s, but this is just a one-year deal. He has to perform this year to earn a contract extension there, and I don't see him going anywhere else. Dahmer, you and I talked about this the other day. Um, this is the last contract of Eli Tomac's professional career by all indications. Uh, gear contracts helmet contract, Kawasaki contract, all run out at the end of 2021. Adam would be the next guy to fill that spot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. Do we? Do I think Cowie's going to let AC go? No way. I mean, they've. I mean, come on. You've invested your whole his whole life with you guys. So um, uh, uh, there's 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 another team dynamic. I mean, like we talked about with Barsha and 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 Plessinger. Or you look at Roxon and and Brayton. These other guys. Tomac and Cicerello, two complete, I mean, two complete opposite people. You know, Tomac, the more serious, doesn't talk quiet to himself, stays in his little, you know, corner with his family. Cicerello, outspoken, happy, talks to everybody, just, I mean, fun-loving guy. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, we got a little taste of it at Monster Cup, you know. I, I mean, I'm not going to start crowning the guy, Al Cicerello is going to be the champ off of, based upon what happened at Monster Cup. There was obviously a lot of guys that weren't there. Monster Cup, it's a totally different one-off race. But I think, did he probably surprise, surprise Tomac and a lot of the other 450 guys? Absolutely. I mean, he's built for that 450. I mean, he... he and, and you know what? Nick Way, he's got Nick Way in his corner. He's been in this a long time. Obviously, Nick's helped him clearly on the mental side of what he's doing. Nick will have him ready, same thing. Hey, don't get caught up in the hype of A1. You know, if you win it, great. You know, if you get on the podium, even better, you know. But, hey, don't get caught up. You get in some traffic, some problems, and throw it all. Like we said, you can definitely lose the title at A1. I think uh, I think Adam just wants to be on the podium here in and here out, maybe get some heat race wins, and that would be a massive rookie year by anyone's measure, even for Adam Censorillo. Get on the podium. That's huge. Um, and but you like exactly what you said, and it's the same thing we said with Ferrandis and Villeman. This is a perfect counterpoint, like mentor for Adam is Nick Way. You know they live near each other now. They spend almost every day together. 
They know what's going on. Nick can break down what needs to happen and how things go for Adam in a way he understands without getting caught up or being overbearing or other things like that. And that's what a guy like Adam needs. Adam needs a friendly conversation instead of someone just like demanding and harping on him of what needs to be done because this kid has done it since he was seven years old. It's not like he doesn't know. He just needs a friendly reminder of, hey, do this. Yeah, and I think he's been, and and as we all know, he's been touted and you know brought up as you're going to be the guy. You're, 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 he's, he was expected to win from the time he was on 65s to 85s to you know. To, I mean, he was expected is you're going to be the guy. And and has he lived up to most of that? I think so. You know, has he had some bumps along the way? Absolutely. You know, um, did I mean we all? No one, I think. I mean, obviously he did, but everyone else, I think, was like he has to win that outdoor lights title last year, and he did. I think that was a huge weight off his back. I mean, I think that's what really catapulted him into the 450s. I think that's why we saw a little glimpse of it at Monster Cup or him being like, I know I'm supposed to be. I'm here now. I've made it. I'm the guy. So, but like the same time, I think with Nick in his ear and telling him, hey, dude, that's the other thing too. You got to remember, his, now he's, he's a 450 guy. It's not east-west coast rounds, you know, seven, eight rounds. Dude, you got 17 rounds of this. You, you, you got to be here for the long haul, you know? Mm-hmm. And him winning that outdoor championship, 12 rounds, 24 motos, that finally showed Adam knows how to be consistent for an extended season and not just a quick sprint. I can't wait to see him outdoors. Outdoors on the 450, it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead of here where we're trying to get to Supercross, but I already can't wait for the outdoors with some of these guys. It's going to be, the 450 class, even at A1, is so stacked. I mean, we're going to see some pretty fast big name guys not making the main event next Saturday, which is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be something. Hey, if you have time, get on the website, get on uh, amasupercross.com and go look at the archive results from Anaheim one last year. There are quite a few guys that, you know, there are some people, Cole Seeley, Marvin Muscan, guys that aren't going to be there, but there are, like you said, Dahmer, a ton of guys that potentially could not be on the starting line for that, you know, 20 minute main event. Yeah, and I think, and I think even then you'll you'll probably we might even do the opposite. You might even see some guys that we didn't expect to be in there. That you're like, oh wow, so and so made the main, and, and you know, and so and so didn't. I, I think we're going to see you know some of that happen as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to actually get into that because there are so many guys this year that were left. You know, guys that had a ride last year that were left with nothing, and then in these last few weeks have had to put something together, and they really have a lot of motivation. But before we get to that, we have to talk about. The Moto Concepts team. Uh, I was just back. thinking the same thing. That's that's a that's a that's a tripod right there with Stewart and Justin Hill and and Fre- I mean Freezy Freezy's been pretty solid even on some of his uh, European races. He's he's been up in there mm-hmm. and he's even Monster Cup. Yeah, Monster Cup was great. Uh, he had some issues over in Europe. You know, he him going to that Paris race that was a last minute thing, so he didn't have his full spec MCR package, but he did well. Um, and Vince has really shown over these last few years, he's not that, he's made a bunch of mistakes in his career. Let's not kid around here. He knows that he's made a lot of things that have tarnished his reputation, but the only way that you can overcome that is just to put in good results, and he's done that these last few years. I expect a huge year from Vince Freeze because he was trending upwards last year before tearing his ACL in Dallas. Um, but for Malcolm, I think that's the most unexpected guy of all of them would be Malcolm Stewart because we all think he's going to win some races. You know, he was flying last year at Anaheim one was leading the race until he slipped out in the mud was 
crushing the whoops at Phoenix last year until he breaks his leg, spends all that time off, but Monster Cup was great. Paris was very good. Um, and the big thing for Paris is that my big takeaway, Malcolm has learned the racecraft side of it. He's always had the speed. He's always had like the gnarly jump combinations and things like that, but he never knew how to back it down or avoid those dumb mistakes. He's figured that out now. Uh, well, that's the big thing that everybody needs to keep an eye on with Malcolm next year. Yeah, and I think for Malcolm, I think for Malcolm too, uh, another thing that's that's been different for him kind of coming in is, you know, MCR locked him down early earlier in the year, you know, so he didn't have to the struggle of where am I going to ride, what am I going to do, blah blah blah. You know, he he he's had a good off season rebuilding coming in. He, he I mean, we've seen him. He he looks a little more relaxed, a little more ready, not not in that frantic. You know, oh my God, wh- where am I going to go? Who am I going to ride for? What am I going to do? Trying to get everything dialed again. So, he he's. He, he, he could be another guy, another sleeper that's part of this whole deal. Mm-hmm. Justin Hill, that's that's probably the big, big question mark of this whole thing because that one year at JGR was terrible. It's a complete washout, and it's tarnished his entire reputation. And uh, it's unfortunate because Justin, Justin is such a good rider. Um, technically on the bike, I mean, he can click off a fast lap like with anybody else. I mean, just as fast as those factory back guys and guys that we're talking about for the championship. But... He still has to figure out the whole element to it, how to get right. through 17 races without issue, how to get through a whole day without having a major catastrophe throw the whole thing off. He knew how to do that at you know, Pro Circuit on a 250. It's now he has to figure out how to avoid all that in the 450 class, and, and I think he should be a top seven guy more often than not. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, going on from that, I mean, the, the other big thing is uh, Chad Reed's last year. I, the one thing that we all have to keep in mind here, we have to be realistic with our expectations of Chad. This whole thing is coming together pretty late. He had some busted ribs from that crash in Paris. He hasn't really done a lot of riding. No one really knew what was going to happen. Um, enjoy the ride. Don't think that he's going to come in and podium Anaheim 1 like it's 2003 all over again. Like This is going to take some time. Uh, and it's just yeah, I mean, a let's, cool let's, thing to see him. Let's be honest. Is Chad Reed in contention for the title? I don't think so. I you know, his time has come good and he gets in the top 10. That's going to be like a win for him. I mean, I hate to say it, but Chad Reed could be those guys, that guy that like, Oh my God, Chad Reed didn't make the main event, you know? Uh, I don't and, know. And, and I, he had a couple of times last year where he, where he was on that, you know, on the edge of making main events, you know, doing yeah. some LCQ winning, you know? So that's true. You but know, I remember like total bum foot that whole time too, from that straight. True. Crash. True. And, so and now, you know, he's, this year. He's coming off a little injury again, but like I said, is he coming like this is one last shot to win the title? Probably not. Is he going to in there and mix it up and and put on a show and do his farewell farewell tour this year? Yeah, I mean, come on, we can't knock the guy down. The guy's been a legend. Everything he's done from from coming from Australia, him and the wife, to doing the GPS, to coming to America with nothing, and and what he's accomplished. I mean, it's it's insane, insane of what Chad Reed has done you know, in this sport. Um, so I, like I said, I, I hope he doesn't, I hope everything, you know, he does all 17 rounds and everything goes good and everyone gets to pay their homage. I mean, come on, we know, we know his line in the pits area will be one of the longest in the pits all at every round. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you get to go to a race and see it in person, do do yourself a favor and go to qualifying or buy the race day live thing and watch all that qualifying stuff through the NBC gold pass. Watch Chad for one lap, one good fast lap when he's going in to put a heater and qualifying. There is very few people in the world that are as technically 
perfect on the bike as him. Uh, that was the one thing that I made myself do in Paris and Australia these last few weeks is just when the time comes and Chad knows, hey, I got to put down one good single quick lap, there's really few people in the world that know how to do it as well as him. Oh, and, and, every, and you know him. His whole, his whole setup will be dialed. Fox will have him dialed. His bike will be dialed. Everything's he, he, same thing. sick. Everything just looks sick, you know. He's just, he's just, you know. He, no matter what, the guy just becomes one with his bike, and and like you said, he he can definitely throw down the heater when need be, and 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 literally watch him ride and go like, wow, I can't believe how fast he's going right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads us to that thing that we were just talking about: those guys that didn't have a ride at the end of last year that are really, really motivated to perform. The leader of that, I would say, would be Benny Bloss. Uh Yeah, there are other guys out there, but. Benny's the guy that I would put the most um, emphasis on right now just because, you know, he was on a factory KTM bike for so long under the Rocky Mountain WPS KTM team, got passed over. Him and his close friend Justin Bogle pretty much switched positions, and Benny's finally got this whole thing set up with Rock River Yamaha now. If you have some time, listen to the podcast that he and I did about a week ago. Uh, Everything's good. You know, he did say, like, yeah, I feel great on this bike, but he admitted there was a learning curve to it. Uh, Benny's healthy. He's motivated. He should be a top ten guy more often than not, really. Yeah, and then and, you know that that kind of starts leading us down that road of of like we said, there's gonna be a lot of fast guys that aren't making a lot of guys that are. I mean, I think I think another guy we're leaving out of this who's a factory guy, and we know he's the ultimate warrior, and the guy won't does not know how to quit is Zach Osborne. You know, we were getting there. You know, he him even his teammate Dean Wilson. I mean, Dino. I know he's coming off it. I, I literally watch Dino with one, you know, with one finger on my eye because I'm just like, dude, please just, I don't want to see this guy get hurt anymore. He's so talented and he's such, you know, he's so awesome even off the bike, but you know, just for some reason, he's got this black cloud that seems to follow him everywhere, you know? So, you know, him, you know, even, even the other, other guys, Frederick Norn, isn't, isn't, uh, Alex Martin going to ride a 450 uh, on the West coast? Jimmy Dakotas, cause Alex Martin's Jimmy- 250 guy. So we forgot Alex in that 250 buzz, but. I mean, that's another guy that should be podium more often than not. Right. Dakotas, Freddie Norin, Vince. I mean, there, there is some stacked 450 guys, you know, that are, that are going to be. I mean, hey, let's shout out to our homeboy, old freaking A-Ray. I mean, A-Ray looking fast on the new Cowie. He, I mean, he's, he's more excited than he was on Suzuki, and he did pretty good. I mean, he was probably the best finishing guy on that hemp Suzuki team last year. And now, now on the Cowie team that he's on, I mean, I, I know he's in better shape. He's more, getting more comfortable with it. I would like to see, you know, A-Ray, A-Ray is going to be that guy that's going to be in that, in those mains week in and week out. Yeah. The big thing for, um, all of those guys that are on those non-factory teams, I mean, that's going to be the, that group of, wow, this guy didn't make the main event tonight. The Kyle Cunningham. Yeah, Tyler Bowers. Tyler Bowers. Bowers another Kyle guy. Cunningham, Kyle Chisholm. Yep. As Chisholm tries to put his deal together right now, um, from everything I've gathered, it's going to be like loosely affiliated with Rock River Yamaha. Um, won't be like under their setup, but he's getting some, some support from Yamaha on that. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys. Adam Intiknap is another dude that on the right night can make a main event, if not make it super interesting in the other races that he's in. Uh, unfortunate, we're not going to see Mac, Max Anstey for a bit. Um, you know, limited Supercross experience there, but with that HEP team going to all of the outdoors this year, when we get to that later on, I mean, he should be a top five guy. I, I, I'm almost, I'm almost more happy that he is going to be missing some Supercross and ready for the outdoors. I don't know. Max Anstey was, I mean, I, I, you and I talked about that a long time ago when we found out he was coming here and I was like, oh my God. I mean, 
I think outdoor wise, I mean, come on, can we go ahead and just say Max Ansey, if he's healthy, could probably just come out and work everyone at Southwick this oh, year. Destroy him. I mean, the dude right? won Lommel with a punctured lung. Right. I mean, you know, the, the guy flies in the sand. I mean, so he, you know, and, and like I said, another guy that could be, you know, arguably can be one of the fastest guys in the world, but just seems to have that dark cloud that follows him around. When he finally does get on the Supercross track this year, I'm really excited to see how this goes because he was a good Supercross rider back in the day. Only one 250 Supercross season to his career, but I mean, he knows how to ride a bike. He's had a lot of time doing this. It's not like you're just throwing him in the deep end of the pool and hoping he can swim. Um, We'll get ready to wrap this up, but there's two guys, like you said, Dean Wilson, Zach Osborne, that we didn't mention earlier that are, you know, podium contenders. Uh, the other two would be Justin Bogle and Blake Baggett. I mean, Blake won Phoenix last year completely out of nowhere and then has all of his energy drained by, uh, you know, an illness. Uh, same thing with Bogle. Didn't have any time on the KTM prior to the start of the season. Gets that fill-in ride, almost podium San Diego, but then gets caught up with the lapper. Won some heat races later in the year. Summer gets pretty sidelined by being sick, but those are two guys now that have rebuilt over the offseason, seem to have a handle on their issues, and should be there week in and week out. Yeah, Bogle. I mean, we know Bogle, another guy, one, you know, one has won a lights title, has the skill, has the talent, you know, has another guy had, has had a little dark cloud over him. He, he gets great start. He's always got himself in the right place to make it happen, just somehow it doesn't happen. But, you know, like I said, for me, Bogle's a winner when, when practice and qualifying, I get to see that drain plug. No one throws fatter whips during all of that than Justin Bogle. So for me, that's a win for me. If he gets to do that on Saturday, I'll be pumped. But, hey, I, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he he's definitely a guy that could get up there and mix it up. He's done it in the past. You know, like I said, it's like I said, it's it's going to be insane on next Saturday. There's a lot of 450 guys that that are in there, and, you know, that, that are the guys that are not going to make it. This is uh, this is probably the most stacked class of either class of, of ever of recent memory. You know, I mean, we did have those RV Millsaps Dungey years, but this has been years in the making. These are guys that were amateur amateur prodigies, two fifty champions, four fifty race winners. I mean, this is going to be a huge Saturday night. Yeah, and and, and like I said we're we're you know we're even missing Marvin, we're missing Joey Versace, we're missing Max Anstey. You know, there there's there's a couple of these guys that aren't even there. And this is going to be fun as those guys come back into form later on. And it, let's yeah. just be realistic here. We are going to lose some guys between now and the end of May. You know, there are going to be some guys that aren't there every week, and it's going to, you know, shuffle the lineup. So we really have to follow this thing closely because every week this is going to be an awesome season. Um, last night, Feld Entertainment and NBC Sports announced the TV schedule. 17 races. Finally. Finally. But we knew that was coming. Uh, 16 races are going to be on Saturday night broadcast. One race, Arizona, is going to be a Sunday broadcast. So if you can't wait that long, just, dude, spend the 90 bucks or whatever it is, buy the gold pass. You get to watch qualifying. You get to do all that. They're not You know what? And, and, and I've said it, I've said it before. I've said it before in another podcast, and I've heard. I love it when I see the, the music gold and people cry. Come on. I, I mean, for 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 yeah, you look you're eighty ninety bucks, for, but that's Supercross and outdoors. You get to see all the qualifying, all the practice. Uh, to me, that they could they should be charging three hundred dollars for that. I mean, I paid that for for NFL. You know, I mean, the NFL packages and the basketball and the baseball they charge huge for that. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it, it's if 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 you're if you're as into it as we are. You know, you, 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 the money leaves your hand with a smile on your face because you know what you're going to get. And I think that 
we should be thankful that we even have that opportunity to have that. You know, I mean, like I said, I've mentioned that before growing up, you got like one race a year or something. I mean, they didn't even start really showing Supercross until the early 90s, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it's an awesome time to be alive, Anton. I'm getting ready to watch Anaheim 1 from this year right now just so I uh, know what to expect come next Saturday night. So I'm not Weather's hard. supposed to be nice. We were a little worried with the weather we've had here in California. We've been raining and snowing and freezing, well, for us, freezing. But we were a little worried that, oh, my gosh, are we going to have a mutter at A1? But, it, but right now it's looking like weather's supposed to be good and nice, and it's. I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to be there bright and early and just soaking it all in all day long. Mm-hmm. 67 degrees. Um I mean, it's California. We're trying to predict this 10 days out. So 67 degrees next Saturday. That could all change between now and then. But 45 degrees for the low that night, that's perfect Anaheim 1 weather. Get your uh, puffer jacket out and go set in the stands. One last thing, if we haven't given you enough information right now, we're going to do another one of these next week to really build the hype for Anaheim 1. Once we see a little bit more action, know some 250 lineups, know what's going on, we'll do this one more time to really get you primed up and ready to go. But if you need something to watch, watch the uh, Feld Entertainment Supercross Live preview show, which is going to air twice this weekend and then once next Saturday. I got to be a part of that as part of the media uh, assortment of people to give their opinion. Should be pretty good. Uh, Hour-long thing. Starts airing Friday night, airs Saturday night, next Saturday night. Uh, Don't forget us little people, Anton, now that you're big time. Um, I'll try not to, Dahmer. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Dahmer, thanks for uh, jumping on the phone, even though you have that cold. Sorry about Dahmer sniffles, everybody. We'll do this again. I can't wait to come see you next week. Uh, got my plane ticket all booked. I'll see you at Ontario next week, Dahmer. Can't wait. Can't wait. I got a nice big hug waiting for you. Thanks, Dahmer. All right, boys. I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.